When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're in the dog days of the offseason, and we have you covered here on Catfish and Ice. This is episode 61. Welcome back, everyone. We have an entertaining show lined up for you tonight, and I this is Chad Benton with Rich Howe, my co-host. Rich, how the hell are you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, got to watch a really cool uh, IndyCar race in your hometown. Yes, yeah, that was exciting, so fun. Man. I love yeah. watching that. That was great. Yeah, so I was uh, right in the middle of that. Uh, that yeah. racetrack was on my commute that I take to work every day. And yep. so uh, the jokes were flowing freely. If you if you live in Middle Tennessee, which I'm assuming a lot of our listeners do, uh, the Indy, that IndyCar track looked a lot like I-24 going to Nashville from, I heard. Uh, from the southeast. Yes. A uh, very tight, narrow track, uh, but it was really cool to see it. Uh, brought in a lot of people. What I the number oh. I heard was a hundred thousand people came into Nashville for that. Uh, I think it was more than that, but yeah, it was a really cool thing. Uh, apparently, it went really well. It was really well received, and so uh, yeah, we were watching it on TV. A great showcase for the city. Oh yeah. And it's just another example of how Nashville knows how to host a very major. Sporting event, and yeah. so uh, yeah, well, when, did they, really when, did well. they, uh, when did they start setting the track up? Like, how long is your oh weeks, up? weeks and weeks and weeks ago they started setting this up? Wow, yeah, I was uh, driving across the uh, Korean Veterans Bridge, which is the main bridge that takes you from the interstate over into mm-hmm. downtown. And uh, one day I'm driving down. This was like three weeks ago, I feel like, yeah. and they had the uh, the fences set up, the the, the barrier wall and the fence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tie the dots together originally. I'm like, what? What is this? Like, why? Why do they have these gigantic fences built right now? And then I, I connected the dots, and I'm like, okay, yeah, the race is coming up in three weeks. I want to say it was like, yeah, at least three weeks ago. But yeah, it was a really cool event. It was, it was cool. a great, I liked it a lot. awesome for the city. Brought so many people from from around the world, not even mm-hmm. around the country, around the world. Yeah. So yeah, it was a really cool thing. That was a really fun thing to see this past weekend. For sure. Uh, so, yeah, this is episode 61 of Catfish 61. and Ice with Chad Minton, your host, and also your co-host, Rich Howe. Colin Bluen, again, will be back next week. We hope he's he's got a lot going on in his life. He's a busy man, but yep. he will be back with us soon. We can't wait to have him back. Yep. And so uh, we are presented by DraftKings, and, of course, we have college football coming up. Oh, yeah. That's the big deal. Everyone's mm-hmm. talking about football. And guess what? DraftKings has you covered. First of all, let me ask you, Rich, who's your college football team? You're in Kentucky. Is it UofL or is it Kentucky? Uh, actually, I like, I, I like both. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> mainly, that's not a fair, that's not mainly, a fair response. 
It's mainly right. Kentucky, but right. you know, I like I like both. And we all know in football, it's completely different from basketball when it comes to Kentucky. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they've hey, the Wildcat, the Wildcat football team's actually been playing a lot better in recent years. They they have, but so, still, they're in the SEC. So, and know. of course, I'm a Vanderbilt fan, so uh, it's always misery for me. But we do have a new head coach, and so we're excited about Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator from uh, Notre Dame who's going to be our new head coach this year. So, again, DraftKings, our sponsor. And guess what? $200 of free bets is up to grab right up, – up for grabs right now with our promo code THPN with college football coming up. $200 wow. in free site credits. So, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 of free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And of course, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And... Go get in on these daily odds boost that they're providing. Win you $200 of free site site bets. Yep. It's that simple. Free money. Yep, free money. And so, episode 61, we are the dog days of summer. The NHL offseason is kind of taking a little bit of a dip right now. We're still talking about Jack Eichel, of course. But for the most part, for the most part, there's not a lot going on. And so, I... And diving in on a new whiskey tonight. Chattanooga whiskey bourbon is what I'm drinking tonight. It's going to get me through tonight. So I'm sipping on that. Uh, yeah. And I know you're up in bourbon country, Rich, up in Kentucky. So uh, oh, yeah. you know all about all the good stuff up there. It's, and it's so all over the place. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so here's what we have for episode 61 tonight. Our main opening face-off is going to be John Hines. Because yeah. guess what? This man's going into his last year of his contract, current contract, as head coach of the Preds. And I'm telling you, he's at a crossroads. Not only in his Preds career, but also for his NHL coaching career. And he is a someone that many Preds fans do not want as head coach. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into this. Fair or foul? Is it fair that he gets all the criticism? Or does he have a chance to actually prove himself this year? That's going to be our main topic of episode 61. We're also going to do some quick hitters tonight. We have to talk about Dante Fabro getting oh, yeah. his new contract. He avoided arbitration hearing. We still have UC Soros hanging around out there, mm. which has got everyone on edge. I Don't get like it. I, I know it happens. I know everyone's out there saying, oh, it's normal. It happens. It's still not a good look, if you ask me. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. Also, we have, we're in Titans country. Football's coming up, as we just said. Titans football's coming up. Everyone is pumped up about some Titans football. Got Absolutely. Julio Jones, arguably the best Titans team they have had preseason-wise in, gosh, 10 years? I don't know. I don't know. Someone can tweet the show and let us know how long it's been since this team had this high of preseason expectations. So we're going to hit that in our quick hitters. And yep. – also going to talk about a little bit about our hobbies that we're doing right now since we don't have hockey and it's very sad right now. And also we have an awesome interview with Kyle Perkins. Uh, He's done work with Renegades of Puck. 
He does the the memes. He is the Preds meme king at Kpark eighty six. He is going to join us later in episode sixty one. You're going to have to go download the podcast tomorrow to listen to that interview if you're watching the stream right now. But Kyle Perkins joined us for episode sixty one, and it will be at the end of this episode. So go listen to that. So Rich, let's get into it here. Let's get into our opening face off of episode sixty one, and that is John Hines. And I want to get it. I want to start with you. I want to go ahead and get your thoughts right now. Where are your expectations at? One to ten. Ten being I'm very confident. One being I have no confidence in John Hines. Where do you put that scale? I'm going to go <clears throat> around a seven. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty high. I'm still pretty high on him. Uh, I know a lot of people. You know, he 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 has made some mistakes. He's a human being, but the man still hasn't had a full season of coaching his team. Um, he, they have yet to reach an 82 game season. Um, I'm really expecting him to, um, up, up the game a little bit this year. He's, he's got, uh, some younger players, which he likes. Um, they've, they've got some movement. He's, they're playing a little bit of a more aggressive style, which I think he likes too. So, you know, the ball's in his court. He's gonna, he's gonna have a lot to work with. Um, I think even, I, I think it would take, a major, major catastrophe for him to be uh, fired or anything this season, just because of what he has to work with. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's lost some talent, uh, but you know we got all these young guys coming in, and I think it, um, I think he'll be looking to. Uh, so I got some up with those young guys. Yes. So I've got some numbers. Let's just let's let's put the raw numbers out there for his coaching career. Uh, his NHL win loss record for his career, including the Predators, mm-hmm. is 197 wins, 193 losses, 48 overtime losses, for a point percentage of 0.505. Literally, the definition of average. Yeah, about as right average as you can get, right there, like almost Absolutely. a 500 point percentage. But the caveat with the Preds, he's actually been a lot better. Mm-hmm. He's 47, 34, and 3 with a 0.577 point percentage with teams that a lot of these fans dog and say these players aren't worth it. They don't play well. They 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 underperform, yada, yada, yada. We have a GM that we don't like who makes dumb <laughs> roster moves. You, you, they name all these things, but then they also say John Hines is a horrible head coach and he, he shouldn't be here. He should be fired too. So which one is it? Is he just yeah. a horrible head coach or is he dealing with a lot of other outside things outside of his control and he needs time to mold this team into his own? And that's where I fall on it. I, I, I don't know if I can go a seven. I might go fall right in the middle of a five or a six, which is literally his head coaching career is right in the middle. And uh, the reason why I say that is – this season is literally his crossroads mm-hmm. for his NHL coaching career, not just his press career. If this team completely tanks and just is like one of the worst teams in the league, then he will be fired or let so. go at the end of the season. If it's that bad, yeah. If it's that bad. And it could happen. We don't know. You never know. It very well could. This team mm-hmm. is really teeter- teetering on that level. Yep. But if he gets the most out of this, if he squeezes every little ounce of wins out of this team that doesn't have much expectations right now to begin with, then he's going to earn himself another deal. He's going into the last year of his contract. And I know 
let's say the team barely makes the playoffs again and they lose in the first round again, but they do it with a very young roster, unproven roster, and they outperform expectations yet again. He's going to earn himself another deal, most likely. Oh, I think and so too. There's going to be fans out there who are going to be ticked off about it. But that's the way it works. That's the way it works. And yeah, so that's the whole point of this opening faceoff here because we're in this dog days of summer here and there's not a lot going on. And all I can think about is John Hines is his team's head coach. He doesn't carry a lot of cachet. He 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 he's nothing like Peter Laviolette. No. Peter Laviolette was like the mobster who's come comes walking in and rubbed rubbed players the wrong way, my way or the highway, run and gun, shoot them up style. We're gonna we're gonna score goals. We're gonna we're gonna give up counterattacks, but we're gonna pile up goals. Uh, that's how he was, and that locker room eventually became toxic. And I think we're still dealing with the fallout of that. And so again, so again, why is that John Hines' fault? Please tell me, Rich, enlighten me on that. I, I mean, I totally agree. I think there was still some of that. And I always point back to um, what they did, you know, to turn the team around. I mean, people say it's the players, and it obviously is the players, but it's also the coach. He navigated those guys through a huge turnaround. They had like a 1% chance of making the playoffs, and they, and they wound up making it. Did they – they did have a first round exit and, you know, it is what it is, but getting them there was amazing. And I, you know, you read these interviews and he said, you know, we're doing everything we can. We're trying, it, it took him to, you know, talk these guys into trust this system and we will, we'll, we'll have some success. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to see him do this year, coming up season is build on that momentum and get everybody bought in yeah. like they were at the halfway point, And then, you know, and a, lot, good things. And, and a lot of Heinz's critics come out and say, well, you know what? That was all because of UC Soros. And <laughs> well, UC Soros was his uh, saving grace. And I, I can understand that because guess what? UC Soros was incredible. Times, yeah, and definitely. he was a Vezina-worthy goaltender. Of course he was. But are we going to use that same standard for every good head coach? Name me a great head coach. In NHL history, who didn't have a great goaltender? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, like they kind of go hand in hand. So, I mean, I get that John Hines' system probably doesn't fit this team. I, I, I'm there for the debate on that. We can talk about that all day, and I will listen to you. And we can go, but to just say that, just railroad Hines and say he is an awful head coach, and we got to get him out of here, is not a very logical form of thinking and I can't get on board with people who think that way not right now now we sports are ever-changing so I don't need someone saving this clip right now and then blasting (laughs) me six months later when we're halfway through the season and the team's struggling and they're horrible and they're gonna say hey you said you said that John Hines was a great obviously things can change I'm saying where we sit right now Second week of August, we haven't even gotten into training camp. We're still like over a month away from training camp. I think that John Hines deserves some confidence and benefit of the doubt and give him a year to see what he can do with this team. In a normal season, we hope it's a normal season, uh, 82-game season, let's see what he can do with this team 
And then that's when we can really come out and judge him and say, you know what? What's going on here? Did you did you get the most out of this team? Did you coach this team properly? Did you coach these young players properly? What are the players saying? Are the players responding? Is it a tight-knit locker room? That's what I want to see. We don't know that now. No, We won't know that until well into the season. So where we're sitting now, give the guy a damn chance. That's all. I'm, that's where I'm at. On. 100% agree. And I even, I'm, I'll even go so far as to say, even if they don't make the playoffs by just a little bit, like if they're close, I still say give him a chance for another well, season. Well, I mean, it's all, I mean, I see where you're at young there. players, he lost Pecorine, he lost Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Ellis, the list goes on, you know, you know, you get these young players coming in. What do you, you know, it's all about context too here, but it's all about context here. We can't, we can't speculate about it now in August, but it's all about context. What we can't just say, Oh, if, if the Preds only get this many points, we should fire him. We don't know what injuries are going to happen. We don't know any of that stuff, but if the team has their full complement of players and, they don't suffer any really drastic injuries and the team just doesn't respond or they there's horrible uh, line placement or the team's just not playing the way they need to play and they're underperforming in general and they're getting ran out of the building every night and the, the player morale is, is crashing. If all that stuff happens and this team's like a lottery team, one of the worst teams in the league, then – you move on. Yep. You go through your you go you go search for your fourth head coach in franchise history. Yep. That's that that's what's what it's gonna take for me. But if the team rallies behind their head coach and they go further than they were supposed to go with this roster they have right now, mm-hmm. then that's gonna be a tough contract to negotiate. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I'm not saying break the bank for Hines and just roll out the money cart and give him this long-term deal and he's the best head coach. But I'm also not running to just say, let's go for Let's search for another head coach just because we barely missed the playoffs or we lost in the first round again. With this team, that's not fair to Hines. I'm sorry. It's not. No. So we really don't know right now, but no. I just, I, I don't, I don't agree. I think a lot of the people who have a problem with Hines, they need to redirect that towards Poyle. Yeah. If you want to go there. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think, you know, he did have the, the team eventually they were behind him. It seemed like toward the end of the season and that's, you know, he's going to have to really cultivate that uh, teamwork like he did, like they did last season. I mean, they, you know, you keep pointing back to that, but that's, that's exactly what happened. He got the team. They were gelling. They were working well together. They were playing on the back of UC Soros, who was amazing. And he's going to have to replicate that this season coming up. So I think know. he's a, a, another thing about Hines is I really do feel like he's a uh, player's coach. Mm-hmm. I, I think the players res- appreciate him. I think he's his quiet demeanor is something that I think players actually respond well to. And so um, he, he's got a tough task ahead of him. Like no yeah. one's saying that. Like, I mean, he does and he's got to respond and he's got to prove that he's, he's cut out for this. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. It, he might fail badly, and if so, then you move on. But if, if he shows 
that he, that he can actually coach this team and it's not his problem and it's maybe more of a front office problem, then yeah. that's where you start talking about David Poyle again. Yeah. But I don't feel like they have to be tied together. Like everyone mm. wants to blame Poyle, but they also want to tie Hines to Poyle. That's not right. fair. That's no, just not, not fair. Like you can't tie John Hines, who came in the picture January 2020, to a GM yeah. who's been here since 1998. I'm sorry, that right. that's not going to fly. So, and, and you have to look at what Hines walked into as well. I mean, exactly, you know. he walked Shoot. into a toxic locker room for what we all toxic. understand. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, so. Yeah. And he got him to Stanley Cup qualifiers, and honestly, that the game they got eliminated from against the Coyotes in the bubble went to overtime. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know it's a lot of ifs and what ifs and all that, and I get that. I know Preds fans are sick of it. I get it, <clears throat> but you just you really got to put it in perspective here. If you go into another coaching search right now, it it it, it, drag, it, pro, it drags on the rebuild even longer, most likely. Absolutely, who are you, you going to go get? You might want to go get another young and unproven head coach who might run your style of offense that you like more. But that's going to shake this locker room up even more. You're talking about a locker room that's already lost so many players. If you were to bring in a head coach that's new, it better be a damn good head coach. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to be – yeah, so I think think you're – you want to see what he does this year. This is his prove-it year. This is mm-hmm. Heinz's proving year, so we'll see. Yeah. I see. So that's I a- see him. I see him. He's got. He's got. Well, this one's a, a huge something that he needs to do is come up with some line combinations and stick with them. I know he liked to move people around, but like, and Lavi really did the same thing. Lavi was bad about yep. it too. He did. He needs to come up with some, some stable lines, move people in and out, you know, here and there. But like, they need some consistency. Yeah. The main thing I see him really needing to do is do whatever he has to do to make sure UC Soros starts off the season strong. I don't know what needs to happen, but, you know, the past couple of seasons, Soros started off a little slow. He needs to come out of the gate firing like he did. That can't happen again. That cannot happen. Absolutely. Speaking speaking of UC Soros, uh, let's move on here on episode 61 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. Presented by DraftKings, we have college football coming up. And so go get our promo code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you can win $200 in free site bets if you bet on a college football game. All you have to do is bet $1. So get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let's go ahead and get into our quick hitters because guess what? We have a Kyle, we have an interview with Kyle Perkins coming up, the meme, yep. king, meme king of Fred's Preds Twitter. Go follow Kyle Perkins at KPerk86 if you're not already. Yeah. Uh, if you have a Twitter, you need to be following him. Uh, so he's going to be joining us at the end of the episode. So we're already getting into our quick hitters here because we have to save room for our awesome interview we have lined up with him. And so yeah. our quick hitters of episode 61, we are going straight to Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro. He was one of those restricted free agents that went into the arbitration period and they got a new contract signed for him, two years, four point eight million, and that's if I'm Fabro, I'm feeling good. Oh, I would too. Absolutely, I'm feeling good about that payday. Yeah, it makes you wonder what the sticking point was. Like, what was yeah. he wanting, and what? Well, it was a weird. Paid. It was weird, even going back to the playoffs. 
yes. the whole lineup construction. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to Hines for a second, you kind of wonder where that relationship is at right now between Fab between Dante Fabro and John Hines because yeah. Fabro did get in the lineup, Mm-mm. the playoff lineup, no. which was odd. It was so weird. Strange. And I know and like there's a lot of speculation out there. He was dealing with a nagging injury. They didn't feel like he was uh, 100% healthy to play. I get yeah. that, but he needs to be a second line player. Absolutely. You're paying him this money, 4.8 million a year. He better be a second line player with, with uh, Matias Ekholm. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a good match. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we all know he's obviously made some mistakes, some defensive lapses. He's only 23 years old. Like I, I, th- I, I like- think, I like to cut him some slack on that a little bit, but you know, he's still young. He's going to learn. I, I think people will forget how young he still is. Uh, they do. Absolutely. He was, do. he was thrown in so quickly in his career. Yeah. Way quicker yeah. than most defensemen. Think about a player like Alex Carrier who yeah. played in Milwaukee for how long. And now he's finally getting his NHL opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now think about a player like Dante Fabro who immediately, almost immediately went into the NHL. Yep. He so, was one of the reasons they felt so confident in him. He was one of the reasons why Paul pulled, pulled the um, pulled the Subban trade because yeah. they felt that, that Fabro could, you know, uh, fill that void left by Subban. Those are big shoes to fill, but yeah, you know, you know, he, he's still young and he's learning and like, I, I never wanted them to get rid of him or anything. That's for sure. And, and don't call me an apologist, but I will say that I'm a big Dante Fabro supporter. I don't understand a lot of the crap he takes. And so um, I'm really intrigued to see what he can do this season with this new contract. Um, He's got to prove it, though, now. Now, almost like Hines. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many players on this team who it's put up or shut up this season. It really (laughs) is. And And so – and I put – I I was just going to say real quick, there's a couple that have had – two or three chances that this is their put up or shut up season. Yeah. So yeah. they all they so all put, need to just step up I, this year. I mean, I put Fabro in that conversation, but at the same time, like you said, he is still so freaking young. Mm-hmm. Uh the contract, 2.4 million uh average annual salary is pretty high. I mean 2.4 million, that that's I didn't expect him to get that much. I didn't either, truthfully. But it's not a long term deal. Mm-mm. Uh, it it can turn out to be a, a great bargain for the Predators if he comes out this season and really shows out. So, um, you know, Fabro is going to be hungry and he's going to be battling mm-hmm. because you know what? I'm sorry, these are human beings and they're 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 thinking they they're making a living, and you know that he's thinking about his next contract here. Mm-hmm. He only got a two year deal. He didn't get yeah. a long term deal. Mm-mm. So this is very much him having to go out and show you, hey, Predators, you want me long-term. You want to sign me long-term. You sign me for two years. I'm going to show you what I'm about this year. Yep. And so, I hope that I hope that he uses him not making a, an appearance in the playoffs. I hope he uses that as fuel yeah. to, to he's up got his pl- game even more. He's got plenty to be motivated about right now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, so that's good, though. That's still good that we got him. So – uh, Dante Fabro, I'm thinking he's on the second line. I, I don't see how he wouldn't be with Eckholm. And then Alex Carrier, so 
and Romaniosi. That that top four def- de- defensive grouping there, you got to feel pretty good about that. I well, mean, I, do. I mean that's going to be the uh, bread and butter of the team most likely. Is uh, I mean, if this team's going to win games and if this team's going to be competitive, then they're going to have to really rely on that top four defensive core mm-hmm. to play very well night in and night out. So, and Carrie is going to have going to have the big shoes to fill since Ellis is gone. So, yes, that's, that's a big role for him, man. That's, and that's, that's another, huge. and that's another reason with Ellis gone that opened up the door to get Fabro back. So that was a good point you made there, Rich. So now, of course, UC Soros, we talked about the arbitration situation in the last episode, in uh, episode 60. So you need to go back and listen to episode 60 if you want to talk. But it's still lingering for now. It's crazy. I just don't. I agree with you. Like you said earlier, it's kind of a bad look. I actually wrote something for Predlines about it, how I did not like it. And uh, got a couple of comments about um, I don't understand how the business works and stuff like that. And it was kind of like, it's just, it's my opinion. It's editorial, but like, I just, I just don't like it. I think yeah. it, it should have been done already. Um, I know and there's negotiations. Yeah. We, we get it. that There's negotiations going on and the deal will eventually get settled and you hope it doesn't reach a hearing. And honestly, I'm expecting something to come out in the next couple of days. I would like so. every day I'm like, wait, waiting to get that update. It says, mm-hmm. The Predators have reached a deal with UC Soros. Here's the terms. Like, I'm waiting for it every day. And so it, it should be coming here in the next couple of days. So, and I get that it's a negotiating tactic and all that stuff. But yeah, but it's still, I still don't like it yeah, at all. I don't I like think it. It either. should have been taken care of yeah. like day one. But I think when his hearing is what, the 18th? Was his on the yeah. 18th? Yeah. So we still got plenty of days for this to get settled before it gets to that point. Yeah. Um, you know, you expect them to get around six million per year. Uh, the length of that contract is where you. Uh, I think that's the sticking point. I said that in the last episode. I feel like that's the sticking point right now. Is how long is Poyle willing to uh, commit to Soros, and what is Soros looking for, and his agent? What is his agent looking for? Mm-hmm. Because I can promise you, there are plenty of teams out there who would give their right arm. For UC Soros. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where we're at right now on this whole negotiating tactic. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what that what that contract turns out to be. And so I expect that to come out before we do our next episode. So I hope so. Um, uh, I hope so, too. Put it to and rest. So, yes, put it to rest. So let's get to our next quick hitter here. So we are in we're in August. There's just not a lot going on. Yeah, Jack mm-hmm. Eichel. He's on your all over your timelines here. Jack Eichel. Where's Jack Eichel gonna go? Uh you have some little deals coming out here and there, but for the most part, the uh the dust is settled on this NHL offseason when it comes to movement. And so now you're kind of like, I'm sure a lot of the players are taking some time with their families, they're mm-hmm. they're gearing up for the next season. Uh, training camps open open up a little less than two months from now. So towards the end of September yeah. is when teams report to training camp. So uh, we're in early August here, getting towards mid-August here. So there's not a lot going on. And so, uh, Rich, what are you doing right now to fill your hockey void? <laughs> um, man, just – Checking, checking the Twitter every day for for any kind of news from for UC Soros news for UC Soros news, man. I want that. I want that done. Yeah, you're doing the refresh. Like you're doing the refresh like every uh totally. 
yeah, yeah, totally. Just just looking for any kind of news that might come up. Um, yeah, I wish I wish it was, it was happening a little. I don't like to wish time away, but I wish it would move along the Olympic, a little more. The Olympics broke up some time for me. Yeah, uh, the, the Olympics were great. Uh, I am a baseball. I'm a casual baseball fan. I love baseball. I played baseball growing up as a kid, so I know the game. I love the game. It's a beautiful game. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan, so I I mean I'm a fan of the best team in baseball right now, record wise. Right. But I just can't get the same excitement as I do for hockey and football. Yeah. But I am trying to I, I'm kind of in baseball mode right now. Like I am watching the games, I am following uh my Giants. But um I'm I'm really kind of taking the opportunity to uh read more. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying That's to read good. more books. I'm trying to uh, do things that maybe I don't do as much during hockey season. I'm trying to get outside. It's yes. so just like it probably is in Kentucky. It's so like muggy and just it humid, is. and you don't want to go outside. And I'm like a feeding frenzy for bugs. And so every time <laughs> I go out, every time I go outside, it's like a buffet. And yes. so, uh, uh, but I'm trying to get outside more, uh, enjoy it and stuff. Uh, also, yeah. trying to uh, get in the gym more and and just get healthy and get ready for this uh, Pred season because uh, we're going to be ready for it. We're going to be giving you all two episodes. When the hockey season gets going, two episodes a week of Catfish and Ice, we are going to be going all in. Uh, Colin Bloon is going to be back with us, our other co-host. And Mm -hmm. so I'm getting myself geared up here. It is. And and it's going to be – we haven't had a full season in two seasons. Yes. So So I'm I'm enjoying the downtime a little bit here, honestly. Uh, like I said, we're, we're kind of in a down period here. Not a lot yeah. going on, but uh, it's going to ramp up quickly. It's going to be here before we know it. And yep. that takes us into our final quick hitter of the night on episode 61. And that is, I know a lot of our listeners are oh, Titans yeah. fans, and we don't talk Titans a lot on here. We have, are, of course, a hockey podcast, but we are also a Nashville-based podcast. Yep. And uh, I have been a Titans fan since they became, came here. Actually, I've been a Titans fan since they played in Memphis before they moved to oh, Nashville. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember when they were the Tennessee Oilers. Yep. And uh, I actually respect the hell out of their uh, history. They were the Houston Oilers, the running gun Houston Oilers with Warren Moon mm-hmm. and Earl Campbell and all those. I mean, that team, the only team they couldn't beat was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like that was a great team. So I respect the history of the Tennessee Titans, yep. which is the Houston Oilers. And the Tennessee Titans might have the best preseason team they've had in 10, 15 years. I, I'm being dead serious here. I mean, the year that the year they went 10 and 0, which I want to say was 2008, uh, they weren't expected to be that good that year, and they went 10 and 0, and then they eventually lost in the playoffs. But to have this high of expectations for the Titans, nationally speaking, nationally speaking, mm-hmm. it's been a long time. They got Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. They uh, they are creating a lot of buzz right now. And for all of our Predators fans who are also Titans fans, their focus is probably on the Titans right now because their first preseason game is coming up this week. And so uh, oh, right. I know you're. I, I know you're not a big football guy, Rich. But uh, what what's the fandom like in Louisville? Who is it split? Do people cheer for like <clears throat> the Cincinnati Bengals? Do they cheer for who? Do they cheer for up there? Yeah, I, they cheer for the UK Wildcats and the University of Louisville Cardinals. Um, 
But NFL, though. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, it's they don't really care. So college football. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get some, you get, you know, you do get some Cincinnati fans since we're so close. And I, I've actually been to some Bengals games, and I have been to a couple of Titans games okay. several seasons ago, and definitely like the atmosphere in Nashville a lot better. So um, I actually like, I'm probably going to start watching a little more of it this season. Yeah, uh, and it'll probably be watching watching the Titans since I'm so uh, keen on Nashville. So it's much, coming so. on Nashville. Join the Nashville. We got Nashville SC for you. We got the Titans. Oh, we got too. It's a very exciting time to be a Nashville sports fan, honestly. And so yeah. uh, I'm not going to ask you to be a Vandy fan because I love you too much, and that would be fair <laughs> to you. But you, you can stick with the UK Wildcats on that one. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so. Uh, a very, very, very exciting times right now when it, it comes is. to the Titans. Absolutely. And we, so we will be, you know, if, if the Titans do something big, we'll talk about it on the podcast. We're no, a press podcast, yeah. but we still, we love Nashville. We are a mm-hmm. part of the Nashville community here. And absolutely. so uh, the Titans are bringing a lot of excitement right now. So their first preseason game is coming up this Friday against the Atlanta Falcons. And so let's go tighten up. That's, That's right. their hashtag. And so we're excited about that. And so – this is the end of the stream here, but episode 61 is not over because if you downloaded the podcast, then guess what? We have an awesome interview coming up later on after this break with Kyle Perkins. Kyle Perkins. Of, yeah, he does all the memes, Preds memes. He's been on Renegades of Puck, which is another local Preds podcast and, mm-hmm. and a great follow as well. And so uh, we can't wait to have him. Uh, Rich, real quick, let me ask you real quick. What else are you expecting out of the Preds this season? Name me one player who you think is going to really take us by surprise. This coming I'm going to go with – so I'm a big goalie fanboy. So I think Saros, I really want him to come out and just like dominate like he did last season. I just want to see him, you know, finally take the reins. This is his team. Pecorine is retired his team now i I'm thought you were gonna show. i thought that's a really good answer that's that's yeah. actually a really good answer but i thought you were gonna say david riddick oh hey you never know he might be good i thought you were gonna say big he save really? dave big all save right. dave he's, all right so I mean, goal hey goalie hey gonna, the goalies he's gonna need to step the up goalies too. are gonna have yeah. the goal the goalies are going to have to work their asses off this coming up season they so yeah. uh we'll see how that goes all right stay tuned good. At the end of the break here for our interview with Kyle Perkins at KPerk86 on Twitter, he's going to join us after this break. Thank you for watching the stream. If you're watching the stream right now, this is Chad Mitten and Rich Howe bringing you episode 61 of Catfish on Ice, and we will see you after the break. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my feet. Hockey fans. 
The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rinks in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. That's right. I'm, I'm not yeah. outnumbered anymore. Two Kentucky guys. Uh-huh. That's right. I am the one outnumbered tonight. I'm down here in Tennessee, and yeah. I got two Kentucky boys right here on the podcast right. with me. So uh, that's all right, though, because I can respect Kentucky. I respect the hell out of Kentucky. Uh, so uh, it's all good here. And so, uh, Kyle, we are in the dog days of the NHL offseason right now. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of grinding along. Uh, we're, uh, we got this UC Soros arbitration thing going on. But other than that, there's not much going on right now. So, but we're still happy to have you on the podcast. And Absolutely. my first question is, uh, first of all, everyone, go follow uh, Kyle Perkins at kperk86 on Twitter. And he puts out awesome memes. He puts out good content on the Preds. If you're a Preds fan, you need to be following him right now. That's why he's on our podcast right now. And so, I got to ask you, first and foremost... How did you? When did you become a Preds fan, and how did it come about? Well, uh, I've kind of said before I'm a, I was always a football guy. I was watched Bears games. I've been a Bears fan my whole life. Um, I was actually sitting back in my back room, messing around with my computer, and was waiting for an update to download for something. And I'm flipping through channels on like YouTube TV mm-hmm. back when Sinclair was on YouTube TV. This was. I want to say 18, 2018. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here flipping through stuff and it's like, oh, there's a hockey game on. Oh, they're from Nashville? I didn't know Nashville had a team. <laughs> they're, they're kind of, oh, wow. They're, because because awesome. Rich, you can, you can attest to no. this. There is nothing. Nothing. Nobody knows anything. Nobody. It, you, it's like a foreign absolutely. language. It and, is, absolutely. And I'm like... Uh, they're close. I'll watch this game and I'll never forget. And it was Ryan Ellis and he came in and did one of those. I'm going to lay down in front of the dude, oh. getting a slapper and I'm going to take it off my helmet. And I was just like, okay, that was freaking cool. <laughs> and I was like, okay, if I see these on, 
I'll I'll watch a game. So a year or so of being a casual fan, and you know, I'd catch a game here and there. I joined a couple Facebook groups and stuff, and I have a couple of good buddies at work, uh, both of which are huge Penguins fans. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, man. They're they are so disappointed in me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they are. But uh, I kind of started pestering them about the rules and how the game works. It's like, what is this stupid offsides crap? I, I just, <laughs> that's that's usually the first question. That is absolutely. It's like, why 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 are they doing this? Okay, so th- they were the ones that kind of helped me over that hurdle. But um, the game that made me I have to watch every game was the game with Boston where Trennan fought Chara. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, totally got a Chara fan. Rich, Rich is a big Chara fan here. I so. am, man. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like Chara. I, I do, too. And he's it's like, you got Trennan. Trennan's not exactly a small guy, but standing next to no. yeah. Zdeno, he, he looks tiny. Anyone looks small next to him. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, holy crap, this little dude just knocked this big dude out. He, he buckled he, him, man. You don't yeah, see. You yeah. never saw that. No, no, nobody ever buckled Chara. It's just, no. It's like okay, that was really cool. And since then, I've watched. I, I might have missed one Preds game since then. Wow! Uh, literally the night my son was born, he was born that <laughs> morning. We watched the game that night in the hospital on my phone. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, a fandom right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his mom was asleep, so I didn't. I made it out of that alive. Um, yeah, you're like yes, yes. Trying to be quiet. That's all right. He'll he'll be a he, your son's gonna be a new Preds fan. He uh, new, every oh, day yeah. a new Preds fan is born, and so uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's that's a cool story. That's an awesome that's story. A, yeah, very cool story. And I do I do agree with you about living in Kentucky, man. There's absolutely no. No hockey talk at all. It's like, so, are you are you a UK or a UVL fan? That's the question so I, you usually get asked. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine how it is in Kentucky, but I, even down here in Nashville, I know that I'm not saying the Preds don't have a great fan base. Of course they do. Like, yeah. so many great fans. But when you get to some of the outskirts of Nashville, you don't have to go that far out in Tennessee before you start running into people who know of the Preds. They know of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they don't really follow them. Okay, it's kind of cool if they make it. Even down here in Tennessee, college football and NFL Ooh. football rule. Yeah, and so I feel your pain, gentlemen, on that. Yeah. Even down yeah. here in Nashville, it's basketball up here. So, oh, absolutely. And I'm right in the <laughs> right in the epicenter of the UK U of L fight. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so, uh, that's cool. so Kyle. We got so we know that one of your favorite players, and honestly, he should be all. We all love him, and we're we're really stoked to see what he does this upcoming season. And that is Tanner Janot. And you do yes. the you did a player card on Tanner Janot. They got yep. a lot of recognition. It was awesome. It, the graphics were great. It was crisp. Again, go follow Kyle Perkins at kperk eighty six. He is joining us right now on episode sixty one of Catfish and Ice, and. That player card was pretty, and it you put some really good stats on there. And Tanner Janot is a player that took off like a spark plug this past mm-hmm. season, and he he is one of the very few uh, bright spots that they that has Preds fans uh, really optimistic going into this upcoming season. So tell us about Tanner Janot. Tell us why you like him so much and what you like about his game. 
the thing I like about Tanner the most is his his hockey IQ is so high. Mm-hmm. If you look at his hits versus his penalty minutes, and I think he ended up on the year with two penalty minutes, maybe four. He might have got one wow. in the playoffs. But he, he was under five minutes of penalty minutes for his 15 games, and he had a large amount of hits, and they weren't little – Piddly hits. He made Jamie Alexiak do a backflip. Uh, yep, he is a very that. large human. I like being. that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a decent scoring touch. He's this Tanner's not going to be a second first line forward. It's just that's not his pedigree. He's not a. He's not that type of forward. But for what he is, a third fourth line guy, he's going to be a really good for, third fourth line guy. I. I believe, you know, power play, put him in front of the net. He's he scored a couple of goals that way this last season. Being in that right spot, well, right in front of the net and just dink yeah. it in. He's yep. a big body. He likes to hit well, people and doesn't scared to move around. Well, well Kyle, they got to shake up the power play somehow. And so I'm right there with yes. you. You're speaking my language when it comes to uh, when they go into this next season here. We're going to ask you a little bit more about the next season coming up later in this segment here. But when you, you just – you just really sparked something there when you said Tanner Janot, let's let's put him on the power play. He might not be thought of as your most highly offensively skilled players on this team right now. Like that's not the first player you think of, obviously. But this power play has been a disaster for how many years now? And you gotta start shaking some things up. And so I love it. Give Tanner Janot yeah. a chance. Let him get in front of that net, like you're saying, Kyle, and let's see what happens. And so I'm right there with you. Uh, that's, and that's that's, that's a very inter- that's a very interesting stat you just said, Kyle, about the uh, penalty minutes to uh, hits. Yeah, uh, that's really kind of absurd. You look at uh, Olivier, for example. Yeah. His is we all like Matthew Olivier. I mm-hmm. think I, I I really like the guy too. Yeah, I like I like the fourth line bangers. Why do you think I was so excited when we drafted Zachary Larue? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. And. I, they're just they're my type of guys they're the blue collar tanner Janot went from the echl to being protected and now he signed a contract for like eight hundred thousand dollars i mean it's yeah, it's, crazy. it's it's borderline comical and yeah. it's and that's what's cool that's what's cool about about uh Janot. and even you could even throw uh luke cunning in on that they're not afraid to get in front of the net you know they're they'll do the dirty work and that's that's exactly what nashville needs more than anything yeah, I really like Cunning. I, th- I think Cunning's very underrated. He's still a young guy too. He's only mm-hmm. like twenty three, maybe twenty four now. Yep. But uh, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Luke Cunning. He's yeah. you give this him a little is, so bit of opportunity. Players, uh, guys, uh, players like Luke Cunning, Tanner Janot, Matthew Olivier. That this is what this team is going to have to win off of next year. If this team's not going to be a lottery team next year, it's going to be because of guys. Like Olivier, Janot, Cunning, they're going to have to win games dirty, not dirty in a bad way, but you know what I mean, like crashing the net, Greasy winning goals. games up, winning games ugly. It's not going to be finesse. It's not nope. going to be high powered, like offensive blowouts. At least that's not what I expect. Of course, I could be wrong on that, but yeah. that's not what I expect. If this team's going to win games, it's usually going to be off the back of UC Soros playing his outstanding hockey that he does and protecting that goaltender and playing good on special teams. Let's hope the penalty kill can get better. 
Um, that's kind of how this team's going to have to make hay this upcoming season. Yeah, Agreed. totally. So with all the – speaking of like how they're going to get goals next year, there's been a lot of movement over the summer so far, guys going and, you know, signings and stuff. So how do you think things are going with the offseason moves? Are you, do you agree with them? Do you, do you like them? Do you not like them? So I have one that's either an opinion that's kind of polarizing with some people. I'm not a fan of the Grandland signing. That's fair. I, that's totally fair. And it's, it's about 50-50, seems like. Some people like it and some don't. And, and it's nothing against Mikhail Grandland. He is a good player. And if this were a contending team, if this was a team that I honestly thought could make a deep run into the playoffs, absolutely sign him. Absolutely sign him for that money and that term. And it's you're good. That's mm-hmm. an, a, a great contract. This team is a bubble team yeah. and uh, at best, you're, you're, you're talking probably another first round exit. I'm more of the type of, I want to see Philip Tomasino. I want to see Rim Pitlick. I want to see Yegor Afanasayev. I, yes. I, I want to, I want to see all these guys and you know, if you're bad this year or maybe next year, it's not exactly a bad time to be bad. No, exactly. Uh, the only thing that we'll take our lumps. Yeah, because Shane Wright, Connor Bedard, and uh, a lot, people have heard of those two guys. If you don't follow a lot of the Russian prospects, look up this kid named Matvey Michkov. Holy crap! He oh, pulled wow. off three Michigan goals in one game. Oh, what? So I, I know, I know, Kyle, that this upcoming draft class is supposed to be worlds better than this past draft class. Yes. Am I correct on yes. that? Yeah. Okay. That's everything. And I so no one's, on yeah, and no one's saying like Preds, we want you to tank on purpose. Like, no, of course not. No. But at the same time, to your point, Kyle, let's start building to to a long term future. There's a lot of people out there who are like, you know what, David Poyle. You're like a year too late on this, but at least you're trying to embrace it now. Yeah, but, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, he he probably is. I mean, a lot of people. I I, I kind of thought that this whole Stanley Cup window was slammed shut when they lost to the Dallas Stars, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people agree with me on that. Um, but you know what? I I'm not gonna. You know, I, I go back and forth on David Poyle when it comes to. I understand why everyone is all in on him because he's the only GM this damn team's ever had. And so people are like, can we please move on to something else? But he's also the most winningest GM in NHL history. So I fall in the middle on it. The day that he decides to move on, I will show my respect to him and be happy about it. But I'm also going to be welcomely and with open arms ready for a new GM. How do you feel about it, Kyle, on that, on, on the front office part of it? I, David's made some pretty boneheaded decisions. We all know yes. that. We yes, see yes. Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson's contract brought up at least once a day uh, <laughs> somewhere. Yes. Twice a day more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, he he's done some good things, too. He got the team through the uh, team almost being moved. I mean – Yep. He was the GM through that debacle and had to sell all the players and basically start over again. So it was 
David's been through a lot as GM in Nashville, and he deserves the respect, but he has made some bonehead moves. Yes. Uh, I I think, I mean, like I said, like kind of of what I was saying, like there, like I think a lot of it has to do with he's been the only GM this team's ever had. And so for your lifelong fans, the fans who have been with this team since 98, I think those fans probably, they're probably the ones who are like more or less ready to get move on from him just because you've had like eventually and the same kind of thing happened with Barry Trotz. Let's be honest here. When Barry Trotz moved, when Barry Trotz was let go by this team in 2014, they, they, they were an 88 point team. If I, I might be off by a point or two, they were on an 88 point team. Not great. They, they missed the playoffs for the second straight year. Uh, The year before that was a lockout shortened season. And the team finally decided, you know what? We got to go to a new direction. You've been our only head coach, like yada, yada, yada. And everyone at the time, I remember uh, people feeling like, yeah, you know what? We love you, Barry, but we we got to move on. Like you've been our only head coach. And I'm starting to feel like David Poyle is about to go through that same type of scenario where it's like, of course, he's an all-time great GM. Of course he is. But maybe it's time to say, hey, you're great, but we got to – bring something new in because you've been the only GM this franchise has ever had. I don't know. That's kind of how I, I feel think, about it. I think he, I think he knows that it's winding down. Um, and, and you also got to look at it. Like I think where he did make the the mistakes was definitely the length of the contracts with those, a couple guys, but you have to look like, look, look at their production before he came here. That's that was what was enticing him to bring those guys in. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's a crapshoot. It's a big, it's well, a, a lot big, of it, a lot of it had to do with dollar crapshoot. And it's like a lot of it, you know. a lot of it had to do with David Poyle was going for, he was going for it. He, he was, was swinging for, for the fences for that yep. Stanley cup. Yep. And, and so that window, that window for the Preds on that Stanley cup was like 2014, 15 ish when Laviolette came in <clears> and his team, you had Arvidsson in, the, in his prime. You had Forsberg coming into his yep. prime. You had the Jofa line. You had, you had Roman Yossi coming into his prime. You had Ryan Ellis, who was underrated. <laughs> I mean, you had. I mean, this team was loaded. Craig Smith, yeah. like loaded, like, yep. and, and so he was going for it, and you can't fault him for that. And he came up two wins short of winning a Stanley Cup and went against a ridiculously good Pittsburgh Penguins team. Who, yep. I mean, they would have beaten most teams. And I mm-hmm. still am so bitter, and then we're going to go to Kyle on this. <laughs> I am still so bitter that the Ottawa Senators did not make that Stanley Cup final because the Preds would have beaten the Senators in five yes. games, maybe six, and we would have a Stanley Cup on lower Broadway. But the Senators, they did not beat the Penguins in overtime in that Eastern Conference yep. Finals. The Penguins made it, and I knew it at the time. I'm like, damn it. We have to play the <laughs> freaking Penguins. Yeah. I wanted the Senators so bad, but uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? So, Kyle, were you watching the team then, or did you become a fan a little bit? No, I was. I was after the Cup run, and I I knew nothing of the Cup run. But you uh, still, our, same here. You still learned about it since then. You know, you yeah. know the pain. Oh yeah, that game six. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't that long ago. That's the hardest. I think that's the hardest pill for Preds fans to fo- to swallow right now is that was not that long ago. That was four years ago. And so you can fall really quickly, and that happens in hockey. And it's going to happen to other teams. 
It's going to happen to other teams. So now the question is, and I'm going to tie this into my next question for you, Kyle. Now the question is, are the Preds about to go into a hard rebuild, the likes of what Buffalo's went through, what Detroit's went through, or are they going to make a quick, quote-unquote, competitive rebuild, which is what David Poyle calls it? Are they about to go into one of those where they're still going to be competitive, they're still going to be good, but they're definitely not a Stanley Cup team? What, which, what, where do you fall on that? I believe David's going to try to have his cake and eat it too, um, because, simply because Philip Forsberg is still on the team. Matthias yep. Ekholm is still on the team. Roman Yossi is still on the team. If it was a rebuild, rebuild, those guys would be gone. That would be, that would be a ton of number one draft picks sitting in Nashville right now is exactly what that would be. Um, It's just, they're, they're trying to be competitive because they want the money from the playoff berth. They want that playoff money to come in. And, and I can understand that, especially after this last year with all the COVID mess and all this and losing out on all this revenue, it, it's hurt the teams. And, you know, Nashville is still not a big market for hockey. It's it's just not. And not having all the fans in Bridgestone, that's hurt that team mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I don't yeah. think maybe monetarily they want to go through a full-on rebuild. So who knows if that's being pushed from the top down or if it's David coming up with those ideas, but no, it's, it's not a full rebuild. He keeps calling it a competitive rebuild, mm-hmm. which is a really weird term. Yeah, it <laughs> is. To me too. It's, yeah. it's like those, those don't go together. Yeah. Go hand in hand, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what he's trying, I think what he's trying to say is yes, I, I'm, I'm breaking up the core, which he has done. Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Ellis, uh, Cal Yarncroke, of course, not by any choice of ours, but Cal Yarncroke's lost. They protected yeah. Tanner Janot over Yarncroke, and you can argue that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I feel like that's just like a weir- really weird term to use because honestly, we know what it is. It's it's a it's a rebuild. Now, not all rebuilds are the same. So it, just because we're rebuilding doesn't mean that the team has to be in the basement for the next five years. So if, if, if we, if they handle it properly and they kind of do things the correct way, then maybe, maybe they can be right back into being one of those competitive teams uh, that, that has Nashville excited again in in another year or two. I mean, you've got this prospect pool who Mm -hmm. is turning a lot of heads right now. A lot of your, uh, uh, your, uh, People who follow the scouting departments and they follow the prospect pools, they are all pretty much in, in agreement that the Preds are a top 10 prospect pool right now. And that was not the case a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So they're they're building something down below. And so that's kind of what we need to be focused on. And, you know, that's what Kyle said too. Kyle, you said, let's get Phil Tomasino in there. Let's get Rem Pitlick in there. Let's get these guys in here. Let's get them in it. Like, let's not bury them in the death chart or in Milwaukee for veterans who are past their primes. You know what I mean? That's kind of where fans frustration comes with Poyle. And I'm right there with them when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so go ahead, Kyle. It's just, you, 
you're not gaining anything for the future by draft or not drafting, signing some veteran free agents just to mm-hmm. go out there and be middling. It's okay exactly. if you go out with these kids and they come in and they play good enough to make that first round. Okay, yeah. you made the first round of the playoffs with a bunch of kids who now have the confidence of, hey, we just made the playoffs and we're a bunch of kids. That's different. There's a yes. They're not the same weighted average. Yeah, very <laughs> big look, difference. And you look at last season, the youth, the youth that came in when all, everybody was hurt. They're the ones who got. You know, they were definitely in part of that push to make it to the playoffs to begin with. And like next season, yeah, like you 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 might not make the playoffs, but you need to get these guys some experience. And I think hopefully that's what we're going to see. Yeah, if Alex Carrier does not mm-hmm. come in and have the season he did last year, Ryan Ellis is still on this team right now. Yeah. I agree. I he, he came he came on there and took and so the thing about Carrier was he 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 was shining in Milwaukee for a while before yeah, he ever got time. his NHL mm-hmm. opportunity. And so it was so cool to see him finally get that NHL assistant chance. And he took he took that he took it and just ran with it. So it was awesome. So I'm glad. I'm really I mean how, how do you feel about it, Kyle? Do you think he should be on the top line with Yossi on opening night? Unless something's changed, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Uh, those two guys played well together. They seemed like a natural pairing yes. at the end of last year. Yeah, Carrier had that one goof up against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And everybody he's going to goof saw up. It like, it's oh, going to happen. God, it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. Okay, he's, he's an NHL rookie playing against Svechnikov. Um, right. And Ajo. Yeah, it's he's playing against one of the top lines in all of hockey. Cut the kid a break. He's, he's exactly. <laughs> Cut the kid a break needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah, Cut, probably. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. A lot so of guys you can say that. So earlier in episode 61, we uh, our opening face-off, our opening segment of Catfish and Ice was talking about John Hines. And it's a that's another topic where you could pretty much put John Hines and David Poyle in the same boat. Every fan wants them gone, I feel like. But here's the deal. I don't feel like I, – I feel like the same fans who want to get rid of John Hines were the same fans who were running with pitchforks and wanted to get rid of Peter Laviolette. And so it's like, do you realize that when you make a coaching change, you're basically resetting everything? And so it's not as simple as just – I get that John Hines' his system is very – Maybe it doesn't fit this roster, and I also understand that his NHL coaching record record is very mediocre, like literally the definition of mediocre if you look at his coaching career. But he's done he his best days of coaching in the NHL has been with the Preds. He's had way more success coaching wise with the Preds than he has with the New Jersey Devils. And so, how do you feel about it, Kyle? We're going to round out this episode with this. How do you feel? about John Hines, where are you at on him? I think Hines, he's made some really weird roster decisions. I think we can all agree on that. Like starting Tolvanen on the third line. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was pretty suspect. But overall, I think the end of last year, you saw Hines finally getting what he was wanting to play with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hines has always been a more youth centric coach he came from the u.s national development team so he he likes working with the younger guys you look at um 
Taylor Hall coming in and him working with Taylor Hall and getting him to the level that he was at. Uh, he likes to develop players. He That's kind of John Hines' thing. And what happened when we ended up with a bunch of young, young players? They started playing well. They started playing because we, we all know that if it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, it's also hard to get older guys to play in a new system. They, they, they're kind of stuck in their ways. You look at, you know, Yossi and Forsberg and Ekholm and all these guys that have been here forever. They're so used to La Violette. Mm -hmm. They're so used to this run gun, run gun, this, this fast style. And it's a big change. So you have these other guys come in and they're fresh. They don't really know this old La Violette style. So they listen to Heinz. They do what he's wanting. And the proof kind of shows up from it. I'm not, I'm not saying he's the answer at the coaching position. I, I don't know that. I don't think anybody really can say for certain that he's, he is, or he isn't, but there's worse options yeah. I, and there's probably better options, but I think he's a serviceable coach. Uh, I'm not really high or low on him. To be completely honest, I think he's 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 okay. He's he, he's kind of like that fast food hamburger. It's like it's not awful, but it's not great. Uh, <laughs> so kind of, and, and kind, of kind of where I, kind of where I'm at with with Hines is this is his make or break year, probably only for his Preds coaching career, but also for his NHL coaching career because he has an opportunity right now to show what he is as a head coach because he's young. He's getting ready to coach here. And if, if he can develop this team and coach this young team into a playoff berth and outperform expectations, then uh, he's going into the last year of his contract right now. So this yep. is literally like a crossroads for him this uh, season. And so that I, I don't know what, how bad they could be to, for him to get fired mid season. But I, I want to see what he does on a full 82-game season. I want to see what he can coach this team to. I think that's – if you get a team out of our uh, Nationals division in the playoffs this year, you're doing something for one thing. Yeah. That's, that right. that's a good division. I mean, it's just – Yes, stacked. I would say the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not really – many that I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Nashville's definitely better than them. I, I mm -hmm. can't really do that. No, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really tough hoe here. It's going to be tough. But that, that's why we're like, let's see what Heinz can do. Let's see what we can pull out here. Let's see if he can yep. push this team farther than any of us expects. And if he does, to this to the dismay of a lot of fans, he will earn himself a new contract. But yep. we will have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, Kyle Perkins, thank you for joining the podcast. Yes. Again, to all of our listeners, go follow Kyle Perkins at kperk86. He does all the really awesome memes, but he also knows his Preds hockey, so you need to be following him. And yep. thank you for joining the podcast, Kyle. We really appreciate it. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. You can welcome back anytime. And that's going to do it for Episode 61 of Catfish and Ice. This is Chad Benton with Rich Howe. We are presented by DraftKings, so go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
we've got college football coming up, so use our promo code THPN on that. And we will see you as we get through the dog days of summer and this offseason. Training camp is quickly approaching, so everyone stay tuned for that. Until then, everyone, we will see you next week for a new episode of Catfish and Ice.